0: Welcome to Pili, Raul, and La Musica.
1: Supported by Sure Microphones
0: and Jack Daniels. For more information, follow us at Pili, Raul, and La Musica.
1: Alright guys, we're extremely excited to have the next guest with us because not only are we... Huge fans to the point where I get starstruck when I see her and I stop her and I'm like, hi, I'm a big fan and you can't see right now, but I'm wearing her. She's in between my boobs right now because I'm wearing her shirt. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the greatest
0: LP, I'm ever. jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous, LP.
1: Isn't this great? Actually, crazy? you know what? Because we like to be super real and super vulnerable. Mm. I've done so mm. much research on you this past <laughs> week. That I had a dream about you yesterday.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, I I always try to go like, hey, cool. (laughs) 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 Uh. With
1: us, the American singer, songwriter, amazing whistler, ukulele player, (laughs) ex-soccer player, (laughs) New Yorker, but now Angelina.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> What's up, kids? Um,
0: welcome, welcome. Yes, yeah, man. we've been big fans of you for for many years. You're so captivating. Oh, thanks, You're, man. The emotion in your music and even your sense of humor that has a little bit of a kind of a whimsical <laughs> flair to it. Just the way you connect with your music and your fans. So we've been big fans of you for oh, for a long, long time.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. And it.
0: excited to have you here on Pili Rollo la Musica. I'm but, very excited. But, you know, we're, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff and really want to kind of start it at home base and maybe the beginnings and inspirations and how music kind of came into your life. Obviously, with all kinds of stuff going on in New York, but now these days in L.A. But how did it all start for you?
2: I was, um, you know, touring from, like, early 2000s, like, like 2003 to 2006, like on my own, like just in a van, you know, Um, I just, I just uh, kind of put out my first record and it got into like this bad thing with this indie I signed with that like they tried to get my publishing. I didn't give it to them. And then they didn't like um, really put anything behind my record, which who knows if they were ever going to anyway, but it's just like, you know, just taking your, your like, you know, uh, taking your punches back in the day, you know, I just went out on the road and like myself um, and started building my uh, audience or trying and, you know, very slow going. And then I got my first major label deal in 2006. I was in the major label system, Island Def Jam and Universal from 2006 to 2009. Um, I wrote like in the area of 140 songs, but no record was released. It was just like, it it, it was like too many different directions. You know, I'll I'll get into that later, why, why that became a good thing for me. But then one of the songs got picked up by the Backstreet Boys, and that started me, it, I, I embarked on a career um, as a songwriter, and, and then from 2009 to 2011, I just was writing for other people, and um, I started to get, you know, build my way up, I, started, I was writing all these different genres, uh, trying to make sure, because I had no I saw nothing ahead of that. I just saw me being a songwriter. It wasn't a, it wasn't like, uh, oh, I'll get back to the artist thing. I'd already had um, two indie deals and two major label deals that didn't work out. So I was not <laughs> going like, oh, I'm going to get more deals. You know, little right. did I know that I would get even two more major label deals and another <laughs> indie deal and then another after that. I've had seven record deals in the states alone. Wow. So I was, but I was in this writing period, and it felt great, to be honest. I was like, okay, I, I managed to snag myself a career. I'm getting paid, you know, in music, uh, which is, as anyone who has tried it, it's not the easiest thing to do. People don't, people only see the success stories. They don't see the millions of nonsense So it's oh, like, 100%. so, yeah. I mean, I, I think they have an idea of it, but they have no idea. And all the close calls, like, you know, because I've written with so many artists, not only my own close calls, I've seen like so many other close calls and people I thought that had it all, the talent, the beauty, the youth, the every single thing you can imagine, and and even the backing of the label, then you're like, what the fuck happened? But uh, I won't get into that, but it's like, it's good for people to hear because I think that sometimes people don't like necessarily understand like that it's a series. As as much as my friends could go, you know, I mean, come on, but they, you're very talented. I mean, uh, that's why, you know? I'm like I'm like, I'm also lucky, and you know, I was able to like keep going because I just kept getting things. And then when I did start making it bigger, bigger, people were like, Well, where the hell have you been all this time? I was like, Well, I was hmm. making, you know, I was I kept getting yeah. deals and publishing deals and making money on songs, and you know, I was making a living. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like Beyonce, <laughs> but but I was like doing my thing. And like, I don't think I was talking about it today with someone that like one of the things that really turned me on, and I got back to the the winding road, but. One of the things that turned me on to like to keep going in a way was when I was um, out there touring and I would go to certain shows and I'd be like, I've never heard of this band. And there's 6,000 people singing their songs and there was just right. like a band, but but people had heard of this band and they were like touring bands that were just like kind of all over the place. And they had, they had some of them had like these 15, 20 year careers that like, uh, like some people would never know about. And like, and these, ferocious fans that would just sing their songs and come to their shows, and yeah, they didn't necessarily, they weren't living in mansions, but they did music as a living, and it was very inspiring to see that, because it's never, Mm -hmm. for me, it's never been about, um, you know, like, I I didn't, like, go through life going, I need to, uh, I need to be seen, this is this is some good shit I got in the mirror here. You know, like, I mean, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm adorable. But You're I like, wasn't like, oh I'm my God, shame. I have got to be like, you know, I'm I'm a star. You know, I, I just was like, I love music. I want to like connect with people through music. So, but it, it that's why I also think it was like a long winding road because it's a different kind of thing to be like, uh, it, there's a difference between being obviously between, being an artist and being famous, and then there's a difference between being a famous artist. <laughs> it's all
1: right, for sure. But anyway. If we go back further, because you have such a unique voice, and I know that you came from a family not necessarily of musicians, but like very literate people, and that, you yeah. know, they, they yeah, were. doctors and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they read a lot, and so did you. But what came first? Was it the writing, or was it the voice? It was the voice. It was the voice. I was definitely And like, can you take us back to like that moment where you were like, holy shit, like I have a voice or someone told you your voice is good. Uh, Yeah, like, I, well, it was embarrassing because I have like a vibrato in my
2: voice. um, and, And, you know, so I was just like, it was a little bit like, oh, you know, and then some friends would be like, wow, you sound like the radio. <laughs> I'd be like, I do? Oh, cool. And then I didn't feel like crazy. and then, and, But I was always really shy about it. And I used to I used to do all this like singing when I was a little kid with the vacuum on in the back of the car to myself. Like I, I just felt, because I was more of like a, uh, you know, a soccer player, like sport kind of kid. And so I felt a little weird. I was like, I wasn't like, you know, like my friends that have kids and they're always putting on shows and stuff like that. That was not me. I was, it's not like I was outside playing soccer. I was not really putting on shows and stuff like that. Although, you know, I knew I liked to sing, and I was kind of surprised at what was coming out of my mouth, but I didn't know if that if it was. But my mom sang. My mom studied opera and sang a bunch when she was young. So um, one day I was singing in the back seat of the car, and she was like. Wait, wait, is that you? <laughs> like, like, wow! Really, really no. Super surprised, like in this really sweet way, and I was like, "Ah, uh, yes," because <laughs> it's really good seeing that again, you know. And then I, and then I was like, "So, you know, that's why I." Uh, when I tell that story, I try to also add in that if you're a parent or someone that's like, you know, whatever kind of teacher, anything, be very careful when you hear a child sing for the first time that you don't ever grimace or like poke fun or at all just always go that's great because i've met people that can't sing are scared of, like like grown-ass like even keel not crazy people that are like yeah i, can't, I don't sing i can't say like like that like that a teacher or somebody was just like oh you okay <laughs> like, wow. like,
1: yeah.
2: like, <laughs> like it literally happens and, and like it's like an Maybe innocent at the time, but it's it's le- it's earth shattering at the time for a child because singing is such a uh, primal, spiritual, like little. That's why little kids love to sing. They're just like, <laughs> they don't. Know. It just yeah. feels beautiful, and and if they're told it's not beautiful, it's very very scarring. But anyway, my first experience was wonderful because my mom was like, "Holy shit, that sounds good. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is that?" You know, and uh, and it encouraged me, and then I started singing out in school. And then I was like, you know, then I started getting put in, like, plays and stuff, you know? So I felt like, oh, okay. But it wasn't something that shaped my life. And I never wrote lyrics or anything. I didn't... My father was very kind of adamant about, like, you know, you can't make a living in entertainment, you know? And I was like... Because no one in my family had. And it was just something that was like a, a huge lottery ticket of a career, you know? Whereas... But I just... I don't know, you know? I feel like it's just... I couldn't really control it you know and then it and just get away from it yeah yeah and I, I feel like it just needed to happen
0: just out of curiosity what was playing on the radio or what was your mom oh, listening gosh. to that you were
2: singing along to she 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 had like something in there like julie andrews and stuff like that you know and like west side story like her kind of stuff you know and i think it was like a definitely something from west side story because i love i love that shit oh good I <laughs> yeah. yeah, love it awesome. yeah. love it yeah and it's just you i think she was just surprised that i had control like because it is interesting you know when you see a little kid and they're like just like singing with vibrato and it's in tune you're like huh wow (laughs) surprising yeah Yeah. how
1: how can you do that but i mean you have the best of both worlds you have such a unique and amazing voice and you also have such a talent when it comes to writing and i think you're a very vulnerable writer and that's why we all gravitate towards your songs thanks is it scary to be this vulnerable um
2: no never i feel like what's scary is being vague and not on the money like when i hear a lyric or a song that is obtuse and not direct enough to like, you know, I want surgical precision when someone's trying to make me feel. And so when I hear a lyric that just like rolls off, I, it, you know, it's more than disappointing to me. In fact, when I'm writing, I think it's very difficult to describe in any career, I imagine, um, from like, you know, composing a, a speech for someone or or doing or or anything, but in songwriting i feel like i can really i'm the only one that knows how much better i'm getting each each song or you know, each each record and it, and it's exciting for me it's like a a private like personal kind of victory for me where i'm like all right i i'm going to convey this precise feeling um in like one sentence <laughs> and i enjoy like it's like <laughs> a it's like a challenge like a puzzle of some of sorts and i mm-hmm. i feel like that's the um, and when you hear something like that, you, you know it and, and I know it and I know when I don't hear it. <laughs> so like, right. like in a songwriting session, I'll be like, like, I feel like even melodically, I'm like, I've, what I've gotten better at and, um, and always wanted to get better at was, uh, trimming the fat. And, and so I think, um, it's been like a life's work of, of that, which has been, it is very rewarding ultimately. And I, I feel like I'm always... You know, I'll be trying to get better at that for the rest of my life, I think.
0: Right, right, right. The last time I think I saw you, you were basically owning the stage at the Greek theater. And (laughs) it was a gala night. And it was really cool to see you, you know, just kind of like your whole, you know, career (laughs) and how much you've grown and how much you've like really embraced that kind of challenge of being on stage. But Mm. even going back to like when when I first heard, um, I think the song is called Damage is Done. Oh, wow. Way back.
2: Nice. Weird, I mean, that wasn't even released, though.
0: I know, that's the thing. I-
2: <laughs> I've seen that on YouTube, I'm like, how do fuck Did that get out there? Like, there's so many songs that are on YouTube that I'm like, I don't, I never released that. Like,
0: yeah, and that's where it kind of came about. I was all like, hmm. I was working on a movie, doing some music supervision thing, and just kind of sending research. And they wanted a, a vibe that sounds kind of like Future Islands, if you know that band. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, up and fun yeah. and energy. And yeah. I stumbled across uh, your song. And then I started, I'm all like, oh, this is, this has really kind of a fun feel. Yeah. But then I started paying a little more attention to the lyrics. And I'm all mm. like, wow, okay, cool. (laughs) not only does this girl have like an amazing voice but you hear the songwriting and everything that kind of came about so and then i start stumbling across other things like you mentioned beyonce earlier Mm -hmm. and then you do a a cover of halo and i saw (laughs) where it was recorded it was recorded at east west studios and that's such a beautiful little room and you have like 20 30 people in there just with their jaws dropping
2: yeah Uh, that was an experiment um, to be honest, Rob Cavallo was producing my record at Warner Brothers, and um, we were just trying to get a vibe of the material that I already had and and what it would sound like, and and we wanted to record it, and then he just had this idea to like record it and do a video of it, so maybe we could like you know if it came out good we'd put it out. So I invited all my friends that you know, knew I'd been signed, and knew I was working on stuff, I hadn't heard anything, and not just my friends, but, like, people I had written with, like, because I had, had already had, that was 2011, and I already had, you know, a bunch of people I worked with in my 2006 incarnation, as far as, like, being, like, the new artist on the block, like, you know, I had this, that's the thing, I've had, like, so many, and I don't, I didn't have just deals, like, of some little deal, I had, like, these giant, Massive record deals with like L. A. Reid and stuff like that, you know, like like where they just like tell you you're gonna be gigantic and they give you like tons of money <laughs> and they spend tons of money and all this stuff and then you're like and and the, you know the best part is they're like my favorite part is this part where they go like oh my I mean you got listen you got so many singles I don't even think we can choose one I'll be honest with you <laughs> I don't I don't know if, I don't know if there's the one like this they're just so so crazy and then and then literally. <laughs> Eight to ten months will go by, and they're like, yeah, that's the problem. We're not, I, 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 I'm not sure that we have the, the, the single, but, I, I mean, we'll, oh you know, we we'll just God. keep writing. You know? and, then that, and then, you wow. know, that's the beginning of the, of the fucking end. <laughs> you know, so it's like a very, you know, but that but that thing got, it was like very magical, that thing. I, I We really, you know, had a great time filming it, and that was a cover that I started doing, and I had never, I have to say, that's one of the, the best covers as far as choices I've ever made, because I was like... I started doing it, um, I was doing it in the clubs like Bordeaux and stuff before that, um, and I remember going, I wanted to do my take on a very recent, like, kind of, like, giant, like, kind of, like, a pop hit, you know, like, and, and from an artist that you wouldn't expect.
0: And you flip it because it's a it's yeah. like a ballad the way she does it, and you do it with yeah. like energy yeah, and pizzazz like to yeah, it. it. like, and that I was that like rock and wow, roll. you know, yeah,
2: it's yeah. like cool. So and you know what's funny about that performance is that I made a mistake while I was doing that performance. Um, it's seven minutes long, that fucking thing, and I, it was because I I missed. I wanted to I wanted to build it like I do at the end, but I missed the turnaround, so I had to go through it this one part all again. I, so when I see that and listen to it, I'm like, shut up just shut up stop <laughs> and everyone's like oh my god are you kidding me it's great there you go that's what everybody says and I'm always like dreading it no
0: <laughs> I see the bass like, player oh, like oh, go Jesus. like like keep playing keep playing keep yeah. playing or let's go again I
2: was like oh, <laughs> shit you guys I don't know how to I don't like I'm not gonna it's gonna end abruptly and get all fucked up and I don't know how to get back in without going around oh, oh my, oh, my oh, god oh. <laughs> and it's so challenging too no.
0: yeah that song isn't the easiest song to
1: sing
2: yeah well that was a thing. I had so much on my mind.
1: Oh my <laughs> God. Well you that did that great. Yeah, we you. definitely yeah. did great. Um <laughs> like we've mentioned before, we're huge fans. Thanks. <laughs> but I- I'm also big fans of like The Killers and and Gustavo Cerati and Porter from Mexico. And all of those fans, like when I listen to them, I just like I know all the lyrics and I get So excited to listen to them. But you are one of the few artists that gives me goosebumps when I hear songs like (laughs) Strange "Shaken," or Tokyo Sunrise or my favorite Girls Go Wild. What's that one song of yours that you keep discovering new things about?
2: Oh, uh,
1: hmm. I mean, do you listen to yourself sometimes? Oh, yeah, sometimes.
2: Most of the time I'm in new music land, so I'm listening to all my new stuff, but... There's a lot of different things uh, that I, I'll come across and I'll be like, I'll use a song that, you know, most people know that know of me is Lost on You seems to be like one of those songs that I, I often go like, you know, I hit every mark on that one. Like, and that's why I think also it was like the thing that like escorted me into like, you know, a, a more mainstream just because um, it's hard to. it's hard to get a genie back in the bottle you know what I'm saying (laughs) it's like there's there's a lot coming like and you're like and and so with me like I got to on this um on that particular song I get to show like the low voice and the and you know and the climb and then like the belting thing and then the operatic thing and and lyrically you know I mean I think when I was writing it um I kept going, like, everyone was like, go to the bathroom again. I kept going to the bathroom and coming down, but I think that, like, the first time I came back down and I was like, when you get older, plainer, saner. And I was like, and I think I really knew at that moment, I was like, that might be the best lyric I've ever written for me <laughs> in my life. Wow. You know, and, and we were like, oh, geez, because I had Lost in You. I'd, I'd written, like, you know, um, the the chords. I didn't have the melody, but I just had the title Lost in You in this little chord uh, progression um, from, like, the back of the van on tour, I I think I was listening to like Palominiti or some shit like that. But I was just like, I don't know. I, I just like had that that title and it felt really good. And I felt like I'm always like drawn to titles that I can um that can have multiple meanings, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it just felt real very. Um, I don't know. I just like I just kind of feel like when I listen to that and I think about I, also when I listen to that song, I can't help but feel and hear the journey of the whole like getting dropped. I was playing ukulele for fun when I was writing songs. Then I started to write all these songs for me. And then I got signed to Warner Brothers and I, this album Forever For Now came out with Into The Wild and Tokyo Sunrise, a bunch of songs of mine and we put out that live EP that you said from East West and it was like uh, like critically it was you know very much like received very well and everything but the one thing was that like Into The Wild even before I got on Warner Brothers it was like it, the, the week I signed on Warner Brothers and it was already in the works they didn't really ha- they had nothing to do with it it was on a Citibank commercial and Into The Wild was kind of blowing up so it was like it's like one of those frustrating stories they never put the song out when it was on the commercial, yeah. which was not odd, but somebody who shall be nameless wanted to reproduce it and put it out later, and it was then it was already too late. Blah blah blah. Yeah. It took me another like it took two years after the EP I put out to come out for the full record to come out, and it kind of destroyed the momentum of my moment that I was having. Right, you know, right. so this is like right. we're talking 2012, 13. In 2014, I wrote "Lost on You" like toward you know in the that summer, and the whole all all the people at the label on Warner Brothers kind of had changed, especially the people that believed in me. And so the new people said, why don't you come in and play us your new music? Let's see if we're, you know, let's see. <laughs> I was oh, like, God. okay, I come in, I play them Lost On <laughs> You. I play them the song called Muddy Waters, which is it has been synced like 25 times. And I play them a song called Strange, which, which was a great crowd favorite and then also just like like last year was in like a Samsung commercial for a year. So just needless to say, all three of those songs have been life-changing for me, right? So so I played them. These tell me they're like, uh... Yeah, no, they, they dropped like me. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, like, I, I played them for them in December of 2014 January of 2015, I find out they've dropped me. I'm like, okay, so that's my, let's see, that's my third major label deal, my fifth record deal. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my my God. God. I'm like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't don't even think it's right of me to hope for more. Like, that's like, I mean, that's most people's, like, that's not even like, you know, so I, I didn't know where to go with that. But then, all of a sudden, three or four months later, I get signed to Vagrant. They hear that stuff, and they freak out, and I get signed to Vagrant, which has always been kind of more my, angle like i i pictured myself as an indie artist even in the states you know i'll have like people sometimes go i hope that you get as big in the states as you are in other countries i'm like i'm like i'm kind of like bigger than i ever thought i'd be in the states to be honest (laughs) i'm like i'm like so grateful for my like i have the coolest like it's i you know i'm 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 great and you know if you need proof you can look it up (laughs) but but it's like i i feel like very thankful even for that career but so i just was like um I get signed a vagrant and then and then that gets bought by BMG and then in that whole thing I'm just like kind of trying to tour and write for other people and then I've suddenly I'm on tour in the summer of um, 2016 so it's been a year and I'm like you know I'm like it's a year and a half I'm like okay I'm an indie artist I'm I'm like sort of an indie artist that's like writing for other people and I'm, I'm that's how I'm gonna be so the summer of 2016 I'm opening up for an artist called Brian Ferry. Um, and it was a great tour I, you know his people loved me i was like i only had like five or six songs a night which is like a dream for me because i'm i can be very impactful i was like almost every fucking show i was getting a standing ovation which everyone thought was like wow that's crazy and i was like i was like uh, I, I don't know why i don't know what's happening but but then during this time they were like oh you know the the song a, a greek label had asked to license lost on you which i didn't even know what that meant i thought they wanted to put it in a movie but my manager's like it took care of it and what they meant was that they took lost on you as a song on a label in greece and released it onto the radio it started to climb the charts and i didn't even understand what that meant i'm like how is it charting i don't know what i don't i didn't even i don't understand what licensing means obviously so i (laughs) i just like tune it out i'm on this tour and they're like yeah it's uh it's in the uh, top twenty. It's in the top ten. It's in the, it's 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 number one it's number in Greece, one. and now Italy wow. wants. Now Italy wants to license it, and now France wants to license it, and it started to go. And so during this summer tour with Brian Ferry, I I started to hear. Um, well, I had two shows. I had one show in Romania and one show in Greece at the beginning of September. By the end of that tour, like by mid August, toward the end of August, all of a sudden I was booked solid through the middle of October like from September wow. September 1st through like October 15th or something like that and and it was and it just went on from there and so you know that's what i'm saying with this with the story about lost on you you know it's like how funny is it that i'm in there i'm playing it for this guy i can i can never freaking remember his name but i think he like drummed for cheryl Crow or some shit like that that makes him an expert on great songs it's like i used to drum for cheryl crow it's like hey who cares i don't care you know and so i just i tell that story and my career is nothing if not an inspiration to motherfuckers to go like hey if there's some guy on the other side of a desk that doesn't get you that doesn't mean the world won't get you or people in the world won't get you
0: well, you were brought up by the majors and then mm-hmm. basically let go. And And a lot of people talk about this. Yeah, they, they swoop you up, then they spit you out. Mm. And then, you know, you've gone through several cycles of this. Yeah. What's helped you survive this kind of machine mentality that the industry has?
2: A few things. Uh, one is fans for sure. Like even, you know, I don't think you could ever, uh, as they say, look a gift horse in the mouth as far as like, even if one person, that's a like kind of an embarrassing thing to do to walk up to someone and go like, "Wow, I love your music." I mean, people have really got to feel it. Even the you know even the most like overt people like that are just like you know into like being you know extroverts and being like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, how you doing? They don't they don't even <laughs> want to be like, "Hey, I love your music," if they don't love your music. Like it takes a lot for a person to tell you they love your music, and it just happened to me enough. And also, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean. I didn't get <laughs> a bunch of record deals for off like being like, hey, you know, like I mean, I knew that like I got I got record deals from guys that would rather uh, poke their eye out with a fork than fuck me. Is what, what I'm trying to say. Is that like it wasn't? I was like, nah. Eh, I mean, I must have something because this guy would, you know, he's not, he's not doing this for his benefit. Like there's no right, there's right, no right. kind of thing. So I was just like, maybe I'm maybe I'm not insane. So I'll just keep and also re- disregarding all that I I love it and I'm getting I'm getting paid I'm not like making like you know Rolling Stones money but I'm like I get to write songs for a living how cool is that and I was like mm-hmm. felt grateful and happy and then I can't believe what happened and and that's what the beautiful thing is is that I'm able to appreciate and my perspective is like the most invaluable thing that I have because I know how close I was to like not getting there and I think of the people that I think of other artists that got to where I was and have like a loss on you possibly sitting on their computer because somebody said that's not exactly. good enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it that's breaks
2: so your sad. heart, you know? And, and yeah. but like yeah. you have to, but you know, then part of it is, that's why there's so much involved in success because part of it is like having the collions to fucking go like, okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. This is embarrassing, you know? And it's even, it's embarrassing now sometimes when when someone is just like kind of, uh, you know, I get embarrassed sometimes to tell my story because I feel like you know people would be like well, that took a minute. It's like, yeah, no shit. I mean, I know. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, at least I got here. Like, I'm, t- I'm trying, man. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like- for sure. And,
1: and
0: and the fact that you didn't give up, that you didn't cave in, that you didn't leave that lost on you, like shelved or in a hard drive somewhere and that kind of like, what if mentality, you know? It's like, yeah. no, you took it by the horns and you said, no, we're still gonna go. Yeah, We're still gonna put this out. And luckily, label like, you know, you mentioned Vagrant. They're, they're a fantastic label. Yeah, you know, they were so cool. independent they were so- and really embracive of their of their artists their catalog their roster that's what you want you know it's like yeah so that fuckhead that didn't quite understand your music it's like yeah screw you
2: exactly you know i feel like it's like dating you know it's like not everybody is gonna be like is gonna get it like i know i've done all that thing where i've had to like meet like heads of labels all the time and uh you know and i've had like bidding wars and i've always i I mean i've had so many meetings with so many huge record guys, and like, I just know the look. <laughs> the <vacant laughs> fucking vap like, yeah. I don't get it, you know? And as soon as I see it, in fact, the guy that took over Warner Brothers, when everything was going beautifully for me, and everyone was in love with me, the guy that took over, Cameron Strang, no offense, I mean, he doesn't have to like everything, but he came to Rob Cavallo's studio, and I remember looking at his reaction to all the new stuff that everybody was loving, and just in my, like, the, the sound was like, oh oh no, oh, man. <laughs> like this guy doesn't wow. like it, doesn't get it. And I was like, I just had to brace myself. Cause I was like, that's the guy that's like gonna, would have, could have pushed all the buttons. And he was the guy that ultimately dropped me, mm. you know, not, right. there was wow. another guy under him that I'm talking about the the drummer,
1: <laughs> but uh, but they were the guys <laughs> that like, yeah, yeah. What I, a great you know. story, you know? So So obviously it's a combination of tons of talent, luck and perseverance. And that, you know, has made you a real international artist. Because I think people today, like everyone's an international artist. Fuck that. You're an international (laughs) artist. I mean, it's true. Like Russia, Poland, Romania, Greece, like all these countries adore you. (laughs) But I adore them. Since Raul and I are Latinos. Yeah. Actually, Raul and I got a chance to see you at El Vive Latino two years ago. Yeah, we were. So that was insane. <laughs> yeah, because you we, deserve to be on the bigger stage. You know what happened?
2: <laughs> I, I think what happened is, is that I speaking of Russia, I had to go. I was about to embark. I was leaving that night for a massive like tour in Russia that was already all done up and I couldn't leave any later than when I was leaving. So they had to push me up uh, and I was yeah. like playing at 5 30. I was supposed to play at 8 30, I believe on a bigger stage, but I'm not sure. So it was like, you know, so it made me, <laughs> you know, look really good. But uh, that was, I couldn't believe, like, that's one of the greatest memories of my life because I, it, you know, as many things that I've just described was very unexpected. I remember showing up in the golf cart behind the stage and the guys in my band were just like, it was deafening. Like, I, you couldn't hear. And they were like, you can't even hear yourself with your in-ears in and i was like wow, wow. This is i deep. mean
1: i think <laughs> as fans and as audience we did not expect it to be mm-hmm. like that we were mm-hmm. like let's go check out lp okay let's go check out let's get there like <laughs> 10 minutes before what like we were still in like the people. fucking other stage yeah. you know it was like <laughs> my, my girlfriend
2: it. couldn't even get backstage like she was out there with our all our friends because i have like a crew in uh mexico city that I love and that I've been friends with for a while. And uh, yeah, it was wild stuff.
1: <laughs> I guess this goes to to my question. It's like, how did you get to conquer the Latino world? I mean, I know you were great friends with Renato. I know Alex. Mm-hmm. I used to know Renato too. Um, yeah. And I, I like I said, the first time that I heard you was because my Latino friends introduced me to your music. But how did you conquer the Latin world? I don't know. I mean, I don't like the beginning of it was very interesting because I felt like even with
2: corona capital like i felt like in 2012 when i played it i was actually surprised at how many people knew me i remember i remember i was like uh, after the show i was signing things and um there was a band next to me that i think was like much bigger in the states than me by then like 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 four like beautiful hot guys that were just like ready to sign all kinds of shit and i like and they had nobody and i had like 200 girls like waiting to like sign they were like (laughs)
1: like and i was like sorry man i don't i don't don't know what to
2: tell you like it's uh you know it's crazy you don't need to say anything must be a girl thing yeah sorry i don't know i don't know anyway but, but it was like i was always like kind of like wow this is really cool but then you know there was like many years in between obviously and um that was a lot of, like, stuff because I was going through my own, uh, you know, like, problems with uh, my label and stuff. But uh, I have always felt that lost in you, judging from the reaction in Europe and, like, the response in, like, the more romantic language countries, um, Spain and, and Italy and France and Greece and all that stuff. And I felt like, um, I think, I can't imagine with, with this little bit of, like, you know, traction that I felt then that I wouldn't, that why you wouldn't happen. But like, and I remember it was very frustrating to be, um, at this point I was on BMG, even though I didn't sign to them, they were, they bought Vagrant, but they, at that point were like, you know, again, doing that major label thing where they're trying to control things like, just like, like Warner Brothers, I can't be mad at them because first of all, they dropped me and I had a $1.6 million debt that I didn't have to ever pay back. And also, Lawson, you never would have happened if they kept me because Greece would have called and been like, hey man, you guys, whatever. Click. <laughs> like right, they were like, you know? no. And on top of that, that's the thing that happens with major labels that I want people to understand sometimes. And I'm not trying to vilify them, but this is a thing that does happen. When it's worldwide, you can't, like, you'll never know that Greece called. You'll be like when you die, right, and you're right. like when you when you go up to heaven. Hopefully, and 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 God says, "Yeah, I gotta tell you something." That kind of sucks. Uh, you remember that time? Remember when you, you switched and you became a like a bus driver or something like that? Like uh, you were a. Uh, they had grease called about your song and they really liked it. Oh. And <laughs> so, you'll <wow>. never, know. <laughs> like you never know. Oh man! So it's like these kind of things happen.
0: Well, just like many <laughs> uh, lost on you is by far my favorite and you know i I love the original when it came out we were playing it on kcrw but then you know what happens a few months later is you come out with remixes of that song and then (laughs) i go like just bananas playing all the different mixes and specifically um one's called the the swanky tunes and oh uh, yeah digging going deeper (laughs) mix you know i'm a dj you know people say like well what instrument can you play um I play a wicked turntable, you know, That that's kind of my response. But so when that came out, I'm all like, oh, cool, now I can play it at, like, in the mix, at events, at clubs, at, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, that really helps. I mean, that's an interesting uh, thing that I discovered, you know, on this journey was the, the remix thing, because I... I didn't understand it, but I get it. Now. <laughs> I get how how good it can be for a song.
0: You basically went back and revisited, just like you did with "Girls Go Wild," you know. Mm-hmm. And then you you come back later on and you record a new version with Jimena Sarinana. Yeah, yeah, she was our first guest on Pilita la Musica," so it's kind of coming full circle. Mm-hmm. But then you know, the song's in English, and then. Jimena comes on and she sings in Spanish, straight yeah. up. Was that a conscious decision? Did you even think about her because she's fluent in both Spanish yeah. and English?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we had, you know, speaking of Viva Latino, we had met there, um, and but we knew of each other, and I, and I, I, we wanted to work together. Like we were like we're, our people were talking to each other about it, and uh, but we were just like so um, busy that we we didn't get a chance to, and. And so this, um, I believe, also our people were like, why don't you guys do a song? You know, like, and then it just came to that. And she uh, so graciously, kindly um, said she'd sing on it, and and she did. And I just, I just love her. I think uh, there's so much more to an artist than even just their talent and their songs. I think there's like a um, this like spiritual element to it, and this um, this aura and this vibe. And I think that Jimena just has that in Spade, you know she's just like she's just like a very deep uh wise person and has i tease her like when we have conversations i feel like she i feel like she's like my favorite kindergarten teacher i'm like <laughs> 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 what do we do like i just feel like a like a little child with her like because she's just so such a soothing kind of like personality and i just feel very she she's Brings out this calm in me, and I feel like I wish I understood Spanish uh, more because I feel like she must she must convey that in her songs. And there's you know got to be an element of that to why she's so wildly popular. So
1: so yeah, I feel very
2: blessed to have had her on the song. Very cool.
1: She's a sweetheart for
2: sure.
0: That's funny you kind of say that because I think Billy and I were both thinking like okay we're we're gonna start this podcast. Who can we reach out to that we can have kind of and I even like vaguely go into in the interview. I say like our guinea pig. You know, like who can we? <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody that we have such a good relationship with, that's yeah. easygoing, that we can talk with about whatever, and she's going to be cool about it. And that's Jimena. So yeah. it, it's it's awesome to hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, and she well.
2: got, like she's so like, I don't know, like the way she speaks, it's just so like you're like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, gonna be alright. Like calming it's it's and be soothing. All right. mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, for sure.
1: Do you ever feel like you've created something that you wanted to destroy? Um, a
2: relationship. (laughs) 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 Oh God! Okay, I want to fucking kill this thing now. (laughs) Stick a pin in it.
1: You know, like the Beatles did with like Sergeant Pepper. They're like, we want to destroy this. Yeah, you know, I mean,
2: sometimes like live stuff that like is like not um authorized or even authorized. I'm like, if I never see that fucking thing again, it'll be too soon. But I think, um, (laughs) I think, you know, I'll be honest with you when I listened to Forever For Now, the Warner Brothers record, and Warner Brothers, the whole deal and the people in it, it did a lot for me. And it did a lot for me as a person, as like a, as a, you know, um, a being and made, you know, made it. I grew so much in, in that whole experience. But I will say that that record was a learning experience as well because it got out of my control. It was overproduced. It was already, first of all, also, it was not something I could control. This, Rob Cavallo was the chairman of Warner Brothers. Wildly talented guy one Grammys a friend. I'm not like, you know, I don't have it in for him, but he was not the right producer for this record. I was between a Rock and a hard spot, like he was the chairman of the of the label. To say no to him would be like, you know, like, hey the king wants to fuck you. You wanna fuck No, not really. I'm not into it that much. <laughs> and then the next thing your head's on a fucking spike. You're done. You know, it's like what are you gonna okay. what are you gonna do? Like you're not gonna tell the chairman of the label that you don't think he's the right guy to produce the record, you know, because the, the Russian billionaires that owned Warner Brothers, I was like one of their favorites. And so that record, I had so many great demos for that record of of those songs. You know, like a song like Night Like This is on Forever For Now. And I'm being very candid here. Like Sometimes I'm like, you shouldn't even tell these stories. But Night Like This, and I've told this before, but I'm just saying as far as like, it was, we'd already given it to Shakira. Shakira was going to do that song. That song, I wrote it with Mike Del Rio and Nate Campany, who I also wrote Lost On You with. Mike Del Rio's demo of that song was so sick. It was so dope. And... My coolest friends were like, "Yo, that shit is crazy," and when and I, but I had forgotten about it, but because I didn't think it was like I I wasn't really that into me singing, it, but I was like I would pay good money to watch Shakira sing that song. I still would, <laughs> but I I was like very um, you know I had forgotten about that song, but like uh, one of my managers and and in in a good move ultimately played that song at the last minute and was just like, "What about this song?" And then I remember. Everyone turned their heads like Rob, and the two presidents of the label at the time in Warner Brothers turned their heads and were like, Yo, what? How come we haven't heard that? It's like, Well, because Shakir is doing it. They're like, No, she's not. You're doing it. That's going to be your first single. Wow. So then Rob also wanted to reproduce that song as he was reproducing all the demos. This demo was so fucking cool. You know, some demos are magic. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person who redid it isn't talented. It's not their song to produce. And you can't replicate magic. No, exactly. It was Mike's song to produce. So that record was a series of shit like that. Like that whole record got out of my control because I, I was gonna be buried. It would have never been released, and had it not been released, we might not be sitting here today because everything happens, you know how these things happen, right? Yep, so, yep. but I, if I, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know, you asked me this question, and. and as usual, my long-winded fucking answer is that that's what happened with that that piece of work. That when I listen to that and I think of all the brilliant fucking demos by the young up-and-coming people who I've since used in my shit that's made me very successful, I'm like, ah, oh, if only I had done oh. it the way I wanted to do it. But yeah, that, that's um you know, that's that's the story, and uh, I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, thank you for sharing it. Sure, For sure. <laughs> Do you have
0: any plans to release, like, kind of those demo versions of Mike's original productions, deluxe editions, things like that?
1: I mean, I
2: wish. I, I, maybe, you know dude, it takes us so long to produce the shit we're working on right now that, like, I mean, I think, like, yeah, sure. Like, we call those, those the uh, the retirement Hawaiian demos that we, like, release. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, good. Oh, good. Totally high <laughs> and drunk all day and just being like, this is great. <laughs> it's great. let
0: to step this demo right Then that does lead us to the new music, and Mm -hmm. the new track is sounding absolutely fantastic. The one that you love, and we've featured it on kind of our new music Fridays that we do on Pili Ralo La Musica. But we're excited to hear more. I mean, we've had the single now for like a few months now. When is the album set to come out, or what's the title of the record?
2: (laughs) The next single will probably be out in November, um, and the record's coming in March.
0: Do we have a title for the album?
2: We do, but it's a song and it's like it's kind of like a, it's a whole
0: oh, Okay. Thing. All right.
2: Thing so it's embargoed for right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I've been looking all over for that title of the album. I'm all like, okay, I see a single. Okay, there's a new single coming. Yeah. What's the name <laughs> of the record? Yeah.
1: So uh, Such a Not team. yet.
2: Nice.
0: Not nice. I like that. I like the little secret, <laughs> a little suspense. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, all you know, good.
2: life isn't suspenseful enough these days, is it? You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Add Thanks more. Uh, so are we all gonna die? <laughs> are we all gonna live? Are we ever gonna go to a restaurant again? See if a concert? Am I gonna like? You know, you gonna have a Tinder date again properly? Nobody, anyone. No one. one? crossing fingers we
0: we have faith we have faith then and i know you were actually scheduled to play at the greek this year as well and obviously the whole tour got put on hold and everything but
2: moved four times
0: (laughs) gee how has these last you know few months been for you and and what's
2: been going on with you with that you know i have to say like i feel like up until like a, maybe a month or two ago I felt like wow I'm really adaptable I'm doing great I feel great I'm I'm very productive I feel I feel good you know and that and then last couple of months I was like fuck this shit I hate it you know, like I freaking out oh my god um like you know you, you,
0: and, me I, both, yeah, you and me both girl you and me both
2: I think it's been yeah it's a bit I don't um I haven't been home this much in a year I mean I can't remember when I mean in over 10 years but I I just like I also I, I have to turn off politically sometimes because it's just it's just absolute. You got to be careful with that, and you know you don't want to make your life be about. Someone said I was listening to this uh, podcast yesterday about you know talking about kind of turning it down a little bit as far as like paying attention to politics, and not that we should forget you know all the. Black Lives Matter and equality stuff that's going on and we have to that's we can't forget but like some of this blame game Republican Democrat like he's wrong he's like stuff will really get you down a rabbit hole of of bad stuff so I don't know you know I but I'm I'm alive so I have to I have to pay attention to it and I have to try to um, navigate it and try to you know push what I believe is the right path to people I know but it's it's a lot, and I and I'm sure that everybody feels that way. And, and sometimes I go down, you know. I'm really lucky. I'm fine. I'm gonna be fine. I'm I'm like safe, and I'm eating and all that stuff. But man, who cares? I mean, not everybody is, and that is just the worst. And and it's always been like this. So it's like something that you have to reflect on. You know, is it good to be like, you know, balling when people are suffering? You know, I don't know. And I I, I know it's not. So um, we have to try to like get to this point where everyone's free because no one's free ultimately without it and and it's just so right. interesting that we are that it's still a conversation that it's still a debate whether it's right for everybody to be, to be equal equal.
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's so ridiculous
2: yeah and it's just so insidious the 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 reasons why people are not equal and the reasons why people don't have as much money as other people that no one you know wants to hear about it because they they want to protect themselves you know myself included we're all like i'm not this is not a you Mm -hmm. know i just like i'm like it's just more than i can possibly kind of break down sometimes so yeah i don't feel great a lot of times
1: and do you feel like b- because you're a public figure and because you have millions of fans who listen to what you're saying, do you feel like it's a bigger responsibility for you?
2: Yes, of course. But I also feel that you know it's it's kind of how I approach you know, and I and I'm sure some people would not agree with me on this, but it's it's also how I approach like even being gay. I'm not I'm the kind of person that like you know if you don't know I'm gay, like you're uh, you know whatever. But I'm I'm not like that's not my first thing, and I feel like I'm trying it, I i'm trying to uh i have to be gentle with how i push things i'm not like trying to Mm -hmm. i want to be sensitive and understand you know i've always believed that you can't force feed enlightenment on anyone you know it's not like just because you have finally come to some kind of understanding doesn't mean that you know someone doesn't have to undo tons of shit to get to that too and not from some higher place but just like they're not ready to hear it or like, and, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe not from you. Like I'm not necessarily, I don't like, you know, I deal in like kind of like romantic, like kind of like more like matters of the heart and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not always comfortable with telling how someone, how to believe politically. I I, I try to like show things that I think are um, unjust on my page or whatever, you know, to a certain extent because I just can't believe it you know but it's like um I'm always trying to have I don't know if it's my place um I know it's my place to speak out of course and I do but like there's there's a certain amount you have to respect who you are what you are like you know so, you read all comments all the time like hey stick to acting hey stick to like you know stick to what you know <laughs> right, and right, all that stuff and yeah. and I like thank god you're still speaking out but it's one of those things it's like Uh, we're all we're all trying to find our bearings right now and and like i was trying to say initially was that i'm just you know i'm i'm experiencing it like everyone else and it's and it hurts my soul and it affects me on a deep level every day and um i you know it's that's more concerning to me than you know getting back on the road but getting back on the road is also something I have to do so it's so it's just a mixed bag of like
1: whew. and not only for you but for us too I guess yeah I hope you know. because
0: <laughs> your, your voice and your music and your lyrics you know you you speak and you sing emotionally and we get it and we feel it your feelings come through and what you want to say definitely comes through so we thank you for the music I mean first of all because that that helps us we know how powerful music is on the new record I'm guessing it's already completed
2: yeah um yeah for the most part I mean in fact it's right, um, cool. too many songs so it's like it's a, <laughs> at that sad place where things are not making it which i I try oh. I, like it's funny I ignore them and then like you know at the end I'll be like looking at the list like what the what Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe, you know. You know. Hey, it's a
1: good well, problem to have. Yeah, though.
0: it's a great problem to have for us because that means there's going to be a lot of music coming on this record. So, I mean, we're looking forward to it. What, what can we expect on some of the other songs?
2: It's so diverse and so crazy, you know. It's like I... Um,
0: it wouldn't be LP if it wasn't.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I think... I, I, I don't know because it's ultimately up to everybody else to... Uh, but I feel like it will blur my genre, a little more like I think it'll be even harder to go like that's that <laughs> good know? we like that we like
1: that keep it weird keep it wild keep that shit weird yeah well thank you so much Op. we cannot wait to see you live again and it's really truly been an honor to have you here in Pili, Raul, and la música to get to know you a little better to go deeper and just to it's just even more assertive and even more real the fact that you fucking rock. You're Thanks, amazing. <laughs> and, and we Thank love you, you. so much. No, I seriously. Because, you know, when you have these type of conversations, you get to know the artist a little bit better and you're like, yes, they're not assholes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> not an asshole. Yay!
2: Oh, that's good. I can keep the shirt yeah, on. I mean, I mean, yeah. You're like, you know, like after the show, you're like, dick. <laughs> I'm like burning the shirt. <laughs> like, what a dick. Um, but yeah, and I, and I, you know, and listen, I mean, you know, uh, you guys are... Uh, i've done a bunch of podcasts now and it's always a pleasure when people ask great questions and we have a great conversation and i i really appreciate it because i know like you know my story is not it's it's a lot <laughs> it's
1: like, we love it and there's so much more i mean we didn't even talk about your style which by the way oh, you yeah. look so hot yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the video of the one that you love so oh good. thanks man that white suit the hat Woo! amazing well, all right. But we'll do. We'll thanks, see you babe. next year. We'll do once the new album's yeah. out. We'll interview you again, and we'll talk about awesome. everything we didn't get a chance to talk about.
2: Thank God! All right, let's. Like, and like, personally, a, I'm a little
0: jealous of the hair, but you know hey. that that's just me because I'm f- <laughs> follically challenged. But you know, <laughs> but I challenged. love the hat as well.
2: Ah, uh, thanks, man. <laughs> <Boop>. <laughs> the, the hair under there. There's there's hair under there. Yeah. <laughs> LP,
0: thank you so much for being with us. This was this was a whole lot of fun.
2: Thank you, guys. Thanks, all right. Well, Thanks, Billy. Yeah, and I'll,
1: I'll see
0: you guys soon. I hope. See you That's soon. Love. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya, bye. bye. <laughs> gracias for checking out our podcast.
1: Hey, and special thanks to Ulises El Licenciado Lozano for our amazing theme song.
0: Our mix and recording engineer Mario Diaz.
1: Our artistic director Dak.
0: And can't forget about our sponsors, Billy.
1: No, Raúl Sure Microphones and Jack Daniels. Gracias for supporting La Música Latina.
0: And for more information and other episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Pili, Raúl, and La Musica.
1: Hey, make sure to tell your tía, abuelo, primas, everybody to subscribe.
0: A todos.